0: in a world where nobody has teeth they only have candy corn for teeth and there's only thing to eat is crunchy food there's only one man to 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 eat to eat all the crunchy food i am that man hi Welcome to Geek Film Critic, uh, where we review the best, worst, and most middle in the world of cinema. I'm Luke Jackson, I'm your host, I'm your best friend, and I am the little baby sea turtle that you see on the beach, trying to get back to the ocean, help me out, throw me in the water. Um, I'm excited to be here, I'm excited to uh, be talking about movies, I love doing this, and I appreciate the opportunity to do it, and I appreciate you for listening, it's very sweet of you. Um, this week I was perusing Hulu, and I was trying to find a movie to watch. I was trying to pick one, and I noticed that they added the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, and I had previously tried to watch the Sonic the Hedgehog movie uh, at the beginning of the year when it came out. I think it came out in February, I believe it. There was a whole debacle where it, it was supposed to be released, I believe, in 2018 2019, and the trailer was released, and Sonic just looked ungodly, and so they animators and they spent they re they brought on the animators again and they spent like 35 million dollars to to fix sonic the hedgehog's look and so there had been a lot of hype around this movie and anyway so when it was re-released to the public i believe it was in theaters and then the world ended anyways long story short i tried to watch it at the beginning of this year and <laughs> i got about four minutes in and i bailed when the backstory was, or Sonic's origins, I guess, was that he was raised by an owl. And I thought, yeah, I'm not doing this. And so I didn't watch it. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that bothered me so much. But I think if you consider the real backstory, like the, the canon-considered backstory in the comics of Sonic, it kind of just bummed me out that this was the angle that they were taking here. Because I think there's they were doing a really exciting dynamic between Jim Carrey's Robotnik and Sonic, if they if they kind of stuck to the source material, so essentially, the the Sonic origin story as it is in the comics is Sonic was this brown hedgehog, and he ended up helping Doctor Kintobor, who is this nice kind doctor, who's Doctor Ro- Robotnik before Doctor Robotnik is Doctor Robotnik, Doctor Kintobor is Robotnik backwards. Anyway, so he's this nice doctor, and he and he enlists Sonic's to help him find the Chaos Crystals that are so popular in the uh, in the games and the comics, comic books. And uh, he gives Sonic these power sneakers, and he puts them on one of his machines. And s- essentially, Sonic runs too, so fast on on one of this doctor's machines that he breaks the sound barrier, and his quills fuse together, and they turn blue. So that's how Sonic gets his kind of superpowers and his you know blue the token blue look that we all know and love. And then later, Dr. Kintobor finds a rotten egg and walks through his lab to find some salt and he trips into one of his machines and the evil chaos crystals transform him into Robotnik or Dr. Eggman, as we know and love him today as Sonic's arch nemesis. And so that's the source material that we're working with. And to me, that sounds perfect. I don't know why they would stray from that and instead make Sonic some sort of blue alien hedgehog who was raised by an owl on a different planet and who is recklessly hiding from everyone so they don't steal his powers somehow because we're just supposed to believe that everyone wants to just either kill sonic because they'll inherit his powers that way it doesn't make a lot of sense to me why he's this target from i don't know people on other worlds especially in the world that we start off in. it's kind of it seems very primitive and they're coming after sonic with like bows and arrows and so i don't think they'd have the technology to steal his power anyway so he's running from uh, something and this this owl's advice is to essentially bail on any planet that discovers sonic exists So that's kind of how we start this movie. And he uses the rings that are so popular, like the the coins, I guess, in the games. And at at points, the rings are used as portals to kind of travel to 3D levels. And these rings are uh, doors to portals and they travel to different worlds. And so we're on Earth in this film, obviously. And so it shows us that Sonic has gone through like six, five or six different worlds and ended up on Earth in the town of Green Hill, montana which is a cool little i guess nod to green hill zone the first ever sonic level anyway so he's in montana and the inciting event of this movie is sonic plays a baseball game by himself after watching a little league game earlier that day and so somehow this baseball game makes him so sad that he runs faster than he's ever ran before and he breaks the sand ba- sound barrier and causes a blackout in Montana, which causes the government to investigate. And then we go to the government, and the, the government is having this, this small meeting in a war room. And the government basically basically says that we have this crazy dude named Robotnik. Let's send him. And so now we have Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik, who's kind of goes to Montana to research this power outage. And um, so... I had a lot of issues with this movie and with kind of the inciting event didn't make a lot of sense to me. And we'll get into a little bit of that later. But Sonic is like said to be this lonely character, which I guess, you know, contextually makes sense because he's an alien who's been banished from his home, I guess. And he's trying to stay out of sight, which denotes loneliness. But at the same time, he doesn't feel lonely. Like he doesn't, we're not shown him, being lonely, right? We're shown him messing around, having fun, and just being a happy go lucky kind of hedgehog. And then, for whatever reason, this baseball game brings on this like loneliness, and he's like, wow, maybe I am, maybe I'm forever going to be alone because he plays baseball with himself. Which, based on the scene, it seemed very clear that this wasn't the first time he's done this, but it must have been, I guess, considering that this was this big moment for him. But, right, he knows all the parts of a baseball game. It seems rehearsed like he's done it before. <laughs> so it starts off really interesting, and then we get this, we get the heavy, we get the antagonist, Jim Carrey's Dr. Robotnik, and Dr. Robotnik is just a dick for the sake of being a dick. The first scene we see him, he's he's brought onto, I guess, this military base, which is being set up at the uh, baseball diamond where Sonic broke the sound barrier and caused this blackout. And Robotnik is berating Major Bennington, an army major who's been, I guess, keeping the army there ready for Robotnik. Because the government sent Robotnik. He's a government agent. He's not coming in and stealing the show. He's sent from the government to do this. So Major Bennington is on his team. And Robotnik just (laughs) is so unnecessarily condescending and mean to this guy. For the sole purpose of showing us, oh, he's a mean dude. But it doesn't come off as like a character trait of him being mean. It just comes off as a poorly written character. And so immediately I have these issues with Robotnik. Because he's just so unnecessarily mean. And, t- and he says that everyone is stupid. And whatever, that his technology is amazing. And it's more reliable than people and that. Anyways, so it, it seems very unnecessary for Robotnik to be such a dick. And we're just kind of supposed to accept (laughs) accept this and then so the plot revolves around robotnik hunting down sonic for the american government while uh, montana policeman tom is escorting sonic to san francisco to retrieve the rings he's lost right so sonic after the sonic boom uh, realizes that he's probably going to get discovered, so he goes and tries to get his rings from his little cave that he's living in to go to a new world. (laughs) For reasons that didn't make a lot of sense to me, he decided that he couldn't do this in his cave, so he went to the policeman's house, who he'd been uh, observing for uh, however long he's been living in Montana, but the policeman Tom catches him and shoots him with a tranquilizer gun, causing the rings to essentially go through a portal to San Francisco. And so... (laughs) The plot is this whole thing where... Tom is escorting Sonic in a truck. They're going on a road trip to San Francisco... while Robotnik hunts them down. And I had a lot of issues with this plot. But I wanted to focus on kind of... two of the relationships... that didn't make a lot of sense to me. One was Robotnik's relationship with the American government. And the other is Sonic's relationship with Tom. So let's start with Sonic and Tom because the the movie when when Sonic initially meets Tom and is uncovered and he's like, I need to get to San Francisco to get these rings. And Dr. Robotnik shows up at Tom's house. Tom punches Jim Carrey's character in the face, knocking him out, and leaves with Sonic. So he's already like basically said, Sure, I'm gonna help you out, even though I don't know why I'm helping you out, but I'm just gonna do it and punch a government agent in the face. And we're going to kind of roll from there. And then in the truck, minutes later, Tom stops the truck and says, get out, I don't want to help you anymore. <laughs> and and then Sonic kind of, I guess, guilt trips him into, into helping him out, saying it was his fault, that he shot him with a tranquilizer gun. And so again, minutes later, Tom's like, uh, you know what, I'm right back in. And so <laughs> this relationship made no sense to me, why Tom was helping him out and why Tom was going against the American government, who as a, a lawmaker, he sort of represents. And at the same time, <laughs> Sonic treats Tom like absolute crap the entire movie. He just kind of expects Tom to drop his whole life and get him get to San Francisco. And then Tom expresses, because one of Tom's plot points is that he's wanted to be a, a, a big city cop his whole life and he gets a job promotion in San Francisco at the beginning of the film and when he expresses his excitement about this job to sonic sonic completely changes attitudes calls him a traitor and a jerk even though tom has dropped his entire life to move sonic to san francisco to get these rings to keep himself safe and he and, and sonic has really no reason to be upset that tom wants to leave montana but his whole reasoning is that well you have a home and you should appreciate it but the whole thing just felt kind of kind of forced and I, it kind of it just it didn't it didn't leave a good taste in my mouth of this of Sonic's character. Sonic was just kind of a dick. <laughs> and I had no reason to root for him other than the fact that he's Sonic the Hedgehog from the video games. Right? And so that bothered me. And then we have Robotnik, who is a US government agent, right? Like he's hired by the US government. He works for them. And he's really just trying to do what the government asked him to do, which is investigate an alien. And It's a weird take on the bad guy because it just relies solely on the fact that we want Sonic to win because he's Sonic the Hedgehog and that we don't want this guy to win because he's Dr. Eggman. And so I feel like without context, but I mean, everyone knows who Sonic the Hedgehog is, but I feel like if you went into this movie not knowing who Sonic the Hedgehog is, it would make absolutely zero sense. And... The whole movie, again, is just kind of like this weird road trip with Sonic and Tom with this kind of weird underlying uh, desire to get to San Francisco and away from Dr. Robotnik, but Sonic is really in no rush to do this, and he's basically putting Tom's whole life in jeopardy. He dicks around endlessly, he he talks endlessly, and it just makes the character, for me, really unlikable. I didn't like (laughs) his character and Jason Jason's Schwartzman voices Sonic and I really like Jason Schwartzman he has a Netflix special with uh, Thomas Middleditch called Middleditch and Schwartz on Netflix and it's uh, genuinely one of the funniest things I've seen in my whole life but here he, his voice is so annoying and grating and nonstop that I really had a hard time again just liking this character because he kind of has this nasally voice and it's goofy in, in like short doses or when there's another character who's also talking a lot as it is in these Netflix specials or even as he's kind of these smaller characters on uh, Parks and Recreation is one that I can think of right off the back, where, where it's really funny and it works really well because he's just this goofy dude but here it makes it very difficult to like the character and so I had a hard time with him as well um, and so Another issue I had with the Sonic character is his understanding of Earth. When we meet him, we, we have no reason to believe that he's not adapted to the Earth's lifestyle, that he doesn't understand the culture, right? Like, we, he, he references the Flash, he reads Flash comics, he plays ping pong with himself, he plays baseball with himself, he knows about ZZ Top, he knows about Keanu Reeves, and even references Keanu Reeves as a national treasure. So clearly this, this alien fits in very well with Earth. But then two of the major plot points, I guess one of the major plot points and just another thing that comes up is that Sonic doesn't know what a phone booth is. He also doesn't know what a bucket list is. And so these two like his knowledge, again, it just feels very convenient and and it just is is there to just kind of fit with whatever the writers needed to drive this movie forward. And so, again, it just felt, it it was frustrating to me as a viewer to kind of see just kind of the laziness and creating this character who's already been made and like the work is done. We don't need to. We don't need to learn about Sonic again. We know about Sonic, and so it just kind of bugged me that <laughs> there were these weird things. He's like, "Oh, what's a phone booth? What's a bucket list?" Like he shouldn't know already. Another thing that <laughs> bothers me is that Tom, the policeman. At one point, he's in the he's in a motel and he's watching a news report, and he's been branded on the news a domestic terrorist, which is a big deal, I think, to be a domestic terrorist. And this is taken so lightly by everyone in the movie. Nobody he, he's able to cross state lines. He, he's able to walk into buildings, and everyone he meets, who seemingly would watch the news is very cool that this domestic terrorist is just kind of at large, right? He, ass- he. <laughs> that's my, that's my dog. That's the, yeah, she's a bit of a, a yeller. Anyways, <laughs> he, uh, he assaults a government agent. Tom does. And he's a domestic terrorist, but everyone is just so cool about it. And I'll talk a little bit about more than a second, but the climax of the film Is this face-off back in Montana. So we go to San Francisco. We get the rings. And we're back in Montana. And it's this final showdown between Sonic and Dr. Robotnik. And obviously Sonic destroys the machine. He's in kind of the big plane that you'll see. Like a modern take on the big plane that you see in the Sonic video games. Like that. that It drops the... uh, the yellow ball with the stars, and it swings around, and Sonic needs to bounce on the, the ship's head in order to beat the level. It's like it's it's the boss fight in the in the video game, and Sonic obviously wins this fight and banishes Eggman to a world full of mushrooms, like through through one of his ring portals. And so that's this climax, right? We Sonic wins, and then how we resolve this climax was so strange to me, right? Because Tom is still a domestic terrorist. And Robotnik is a government agent. So the government should be after Tom. They know that a blue alien exists now, so they should be after Sonic. So whether that's going to set up a sequel is kind of what I was thinking. If like, is that what they're going with, that these two people are rogues? But no, (laughs) Tom has become, or he goes back to his old job as a policeman in Montana. And everyone's just kind of cool with it at this point and all of this this town has seen the alien and everyone's just okay with the fact that the government came in (laughs) and tom and sonic banished him to a different dimension to die Uh, right like that was the purpose and so I, i i was frustrated but then the movie decides to, to have the government show back up. And I thought, oh, great, we'll get some we'll get some resolution here. And so the government shows up to Tom's house and they say, thank you for not t- telling anybody about Dr. Robotnik and the events of the last few days. Here's a gift card. And then it also, see, and the, the government agent is also like, by the way, have you seen this blue alien? And Tom's like, nope. Anyways, and so Tom is a domestic terrorist. Right? Like, Dr. Robotnik has clearly been relaying information that he's been assaulted by this man, that this man is aiding the alien who the government is after because why else would the government show up at his house? But <laughs> for some reason the government is just cool with it at this point in the film and they just say, you know, what? yeah, it's cool thank you for not talking to anybody about the government agent that you aided in banishing off of the planet and so this resolution really bothered me because like Robotnik is the bad guy because we know him as the bad guy. We know Dr. Eggman is the bad guy. But these new characters have ha, don't have that knowledge. But they're just kind of like, well, the bad guy's banished and for the sake of the movie. It, it felt like what happened was that the writers at this point were like, oh, Robotnik worked for the government, huh? So we have to bring the government back? you know what, let's just have him show up, give him a $50 gift card to Olive Garden and call it a day. And it could have been so easily avoided if if Robotnik was just kind of a third-party character, like not part of the government, just an outside character who had been tracking these pulses of energy from Sonic or he's just studies extraterrestrial activity and sees this pulse and he has all this techn- technology and he goes... Montana to research it by himself like it's such an easy fix and it just left this huge plot hole plot hole that really really frustrated me throughout the entire film uh last thing I'm gonna do last thing I'm gonna dump on (laughs) before we move on is uh how blatantly this movie ripped off the Quicksilver scenes from X-Men Days of Future Past we have Evan Peters X or Quicksilver in those movies, and. You know, there's a scene in Evan Peters' kind of man cave where he's playing ping pong with himself. He's reading through comic books. He's playing video games. And Sonic does the exact same thing as in his man cave. We also have the really famous scene in the prison where they're breaking Magneto out where Quicksilver runs really fast and he, like, whatever, punches everybody in the face and really where everything's moving slow motion and music is playing and he moves the bullets. So two times this movie almost does, literally does the exact same thing. And there's a bar scene where these big rednecks come and harass Sonic and Tom for being hipsters, (laughs) which didn't make a lot of sense to me. But anyway, so Sonic starts to move really fast and does the exact same thing that Quicksilver does. And then at the apex of the film, he does a similar thing where Robotnik has just shot a bunch of missiles at him. And he does the same thing where he moves all of the bullets out of the way, just like Quicksilver does. And so it was just a very blatant rip off of those things with an idea that i think could have been really original and you can do lots of things with super fast character right and they just decided to do the exact same things which i didn't love um so as i mentioned before they spent about 35 million dollars to reanimate sonic to redesign him from their original character which again did look absolutely horrible he had these horrible eyes a horrible like very realistic nose and very human teeth. Like, he looked bad, if you go and look back. I'm sure you know. And so, the question that I asked myself from the beginning was if this redesign, if this $35 million was worth it. And I actually think it probably was. I think that without the Sonic's redesign, that this movie would have been absolutely unwatchable. Because Sonic does look great. You know, there there are some... There are some hard to watch moments and kind of poorly animated moments when Sonic will interact with a different person and, and it doesn't, like it's clear that it's CGI, right? But that's that's the bullet you bite anytime you do a movie like this where you mix CGI into the real world. But without this redesign, I really feel like this movie would have been unwatchable and not have had the found the success that it did i think it really could have been like another cat situation where the animation was so bad that people couldn't watch the film and so you know overall this movie had its good things and it's had its bad things for me it was a lot more bad things than good (laughs) and it kind of walked this line of being a fun bad movie because there are a lot of times you know you can watch a bad movie that's so bad that it's good and I was kind of hoping for that situation when I started Sonic because I wasn't expecting it to be an Oscar-worthy film at all, right? Like, I wasn't expecting S- Citizen Kane. But I was kind of hoping it would be a movie that's so bad that it's fun to watch. But it ended up just kind of walking this line between sometimes being that but most times just being a bad movie. And it was kind of similar to Jim Carrey. At times, he's funny and he brings his own energy to the, as he does to all films. But the writing was so bad that it made him hard to like. Right? And there's only, there's only so much you can do with the material given. And Jim Carrey puts in a, in a really solid effort, but the material definitely let him down here. And a lot of times the writing, it felt like the jokes in the film were like a 40-year-old dad trying to make his 12-year-old kid laugh with references that only he will get. And so it just kind of missed the mark on everything for me. And so... I think star ratings are dumb. But so I'm going to give this movie a 1 out of 5, Sonic the Hedgehogs, which had a really funny reference in the film and was definitely the best part. I don't know if you're aware, but if you look up Sonic the Hedgehog, it was this meme that came out when I was in high school, maybe even before it, and it's just this animator did a bunch of YouTube, did a bunch of like animated animation tutorials on his YouTube and it didn't get the attention he was hoping, and so he just did this really poorly drawn Sonic the Hedgehog and he called it Sanic the Hegahog, and it just kind of blew up. And it has a reference to the film and it's really, really funny. For if you get the meme anyways. It was it was a nice poll for me as someone who enjoyed that meme. And so anyway, again, I, I'd give this movie one out of five Sanic the Hagahogs Uh so now we're gonna jump into a couple of reviews that I found and read them real quick and kind of talk about why they're stupid. <laughs> Uh, this first one's a five out of five star review from Google reviewer Richard Inks. And Richard says, I don't know what the critics were smoking, but this movie is an absolute must watch. It's very funny through and through with enough backstory and sad moments to make you really feel for the character Sonic without making it an overbearing, okay, we got it, he's lonely situation. So i take going pop in right there. I, I partially agree with this statement that, there's, that we don't feel uh, an overbearing, okay, it's lonely situation. But that's only because there's so little about why Sonic would be lonely that when he turns this kind of super sane, lonely that makes him run so fast, it feels unwarranted. And I kind of mentioned before the context, obviously, that he's a he's a stranded alien denotes loneliness, but he's never shown or given a reason to be lonely outside of that. And I don't think there is enough backstory to kind of warrant this hyper loneliness of him missing his home planet because we were on his home planet for two seconds and it wasn't a safe place, right? There's not much to miss. He's always kind of been an outcast. And so the only thing to bring in the loneliness is the context and the context isn't rich enough to make me feel bad for this character, right? Like he has a personal baseball game and then it hits him that he's been an alien? And this isn't the... He's been to five different planets, but that doesn't make him sad. He's clearly still having a good time here. It's not until this weird baseball game that it seems to hit him. And I just didn't feel like it It, def, it, it warranted me making... It, it didn't make me feel bad for Sonic. And the only time that, that there were any sadder, seemingly real moments were... They, they felt like it was the movie reminding <laughs> the characters that they were in a movie, right? It just said, well, we need some p- sort of plot here. We can't just show Sonic Dick around for an hour and a half and run fast. We need to move the story forward. So here's a, a sad moment, I guess. That's what it felt like to me. We're going to hop back into re- the review. Richard says, Ben Schwartz did a great job at personifying the voice of Sonic as a rambunctious teenager who has lived life literally in the fast lane and the various scenes portray. The humor is great for both adults who, who will catch some adult jokes and for younger audiences who enjoy random moments of slapstick fart jokes and even more mature humor. Jim Carrey was an amazing Dr. Robotnik and really put a personal spin on the mechanical ba- or the maniacal bad guy. You understood where Robotnik com- came from and eventually why he has it out for Sonic, as well as how he got to be a human in Sonic's original world. Um, so, I don't really agree. With this <laughs> I, I mean on the surface level it's easy to understand where Robotnik is coming from like he's a government agent doing a government job that's why he's after Sonic but it did not feel personal in any way because Robotnik's whole character in the film is always shown as just being a dick for no reason there's no real moment where he feels warranted or we feel like we get his backstory or we feel like we understand why he's doing this outside of it's his job and he's a dick right like it didn't work for me and i guess some of the jokes might have landed i did i did laugh out loud once there was this one scene where where uh, dr robotnik gets a um gets one of sonic's quills and he puts it in the computer to analyze it and on the screen shown for about half a second it says power analysis unlimited and i thought that was really funny i laughed out loud i That really worked for me because it just really emphasized how ridiculous this whole movie was. Uh, Back into the review, it says, I'm really looking forward to the sequels. Do yourself a a favor and flip off a movie critic and go see this movie either for yourself, as a Sonic fan, or with family just to get away and see a funny nonstop entertaining film. You definitely won't be disappointed, especially with the new Sonic design that actually looks like the iconic character and not some deviant art abomination. So basically what Richard is saying here is that if you want to enjoy this film, turn off everything in your brain that determines whether or not a movie is good <coughs> and enjoy it. <laughs> so I think that's pretty good advice. If you want to enjoy this movie, turn your brain off and I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> um, next review is an 8 out of 10 review from IMDB user Ikwan Arif. I'm sure I butchered that name, but his his title for his art, for his review sorry, is It Did Not Suck. It's actually a pretty decent family movie. Um, he says, I can tell you with all certainty that Sonic the Hedgehog movie does not suck. It's actually a decent family movie. A little basic for adults, the pacing in certain plot points in the middle is rather poorly executed, but on the whole, the main plot is fine, the acting is fine, the jokes are okay-ish, the music is fine, the production is really good, and the animation is really good, and the movie is fun. It's not going to win any awards, but it's good enough for casual moviegoers, and more than good for Sonic fans. I gave it an extra star from a 7 because the creators actually listened to fans and gave a good-looking Sonic, which in all honesty is what made the film because Sonic looked good. Really good. Sonic's animation is quite a joy to watch and it doesn't take you out of the immersion. So I actually really like this review. I think they're totally right. It's not the worst movie ever made, absolutely it's not. But it's not it's not memorable, right? Like if you're if you're one of those people who fo- follows all the Sonic Instagram pages and writes Sonic fan fiction and puts Sonic stickers on your laptop and dresses up like Sonic for Halloween, then you're going to love this movie because Sonic does look really good. The animation is great. And comparatively to what they were going to originally produce as Sonic's animation, right, it's, it's miles and miles better than what it was supposed to be. So you're going to like it because they almost butchered your favorite character. <laughs> so maybe it was a good... I, I honestly think the fact that he looked so bad before was probably a good thing and gave this movie a lot of clout because they went back and fixed it. And I I think it I don't think it would have the uh, same impact and the same love from some people if they didn't mess it up and then fix it, right? Because Sonic looks great. Eggman looks great. You know, his costume is good. Jim Carrey looks the part. His mustache is funny, right? At the end, he shaves his head and gives us the more iconic Eggman look. And it looks funny, right? It looks great. And even at the end, there's a Tails cameo. And Tails looks really great too. Part of me wants to see what the original Tails looked like because I'm sure it would have been horrible. And so I think that the, the real heroes of this film are the animators. And I really genuinely feel like this movie would have been nothing if they didn't redesign Sonic. And obviously, I think this reviewer is a little bit generous by calling it fine, right? I'd call it bad. But if you wanted to see Sonic on the big screen, you definitely got that here. Um, Yeah, so that's going to do it for me. I appreciate you guys listening if you made it this far. If you want to go check out Sonic, it's on Hulu right now. And I'm sure you can rent it wherever. On Amazon or wherever you want to rent it. If you haven't watched it yet and you're not a big fan of Sonic the Hedgehog, I wouldn't. It's not a good enough movie to check out without (laughs) a deep love for Sonic. And it's not a bad enough movie to watch just for the sake of watching a bad movie. It's it's just kind of felt long and it just kind of felt like a waste of time and I really feel like they missed an opportunity to do a really great Sonic movie if they stuck to kind of the closer source material of Sonic I don't I don't understand the whole thing of putting Sonic in the real world I think that they could have done a really cool animated Sonic movie and it would have been much more enjoyable but what do I know um, <laughs> before I head out um, if you guys like what you're listening to if you want if there's a movie that you want me to review or Anything that you want to say about a movie, let me know. You can send me an email at luke.jackson at thegeekwave.com or you can follow me on Twitter at underscore, underscore, luke.jackson. I'm going to leave you guys with the wise words of a Google reviewer, Shalk, who on Sonic the Hedgehog said, took my three-year-old daughter to see this movie yesterday. I am not happy as I thought it was phonics movie, not Sonic's movie. I demand a full refund and 17 months of literacy tuition for my daughter. Uh, For Geek Film Critic, I'm Luke Jackson. Thanks for listening.